All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Until then, adios. Conversations from the Dark Side. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Conversations from the Dark Side. Tonight, we have listened and you have decided, and this week's topic will be messages from beyond the grave. Should be an interesting topic. Uh, we'll take calls and text messages, voice messages, and emails about messages from beyond the grave. That can include Ouija boards, uh, actual conversations, ghostly phone calls, appearances by the dead. Really, we're pretty loose on the topic here. Whatever that uh, comes across your mind uh, when you hear the topic, messages from beyond the grave, we'll be more than happy to catch what you have to say. Uh, if you'll look at the bottom of the screen, you will see our various uh, entry points for your conversations. You can call in on the Discord call line and enter our waiting room where you'll be picked by the panel to talk about your experiences on the topic. We also have email at thedarkside at email.com. Plus, you can call our 24-7 automated Dark Side hotline and leave a three-minute voicemail. Uh, pertaining to this or any topic of your choosing at any time. We'd be more than happy to hear what you have to say. Uh, when we come back, we will introduce the panel and we will fire this sucker up. Stay tuned. You are experiencing Conversations from the Dark Side. Experiencing Conversations from the Dark Side. All right. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to Conversations from the Dark Side. I'd like to, if I may, introduce the all-star panel for this evening. Uh, first, making his second appearance. Uh, you know him, you love him. Everyone's good pal, our good friend, John Boat of Car Schaller. Hello, everyone. I'm so glad to be here uh, for uh, the uh, my, my second appearance on Conversations for the Dark, from the Dark Side. And also back again uh, after a triumphant uh, turn in our Dreams and Nightmares show last week. Give it up for our good buddy, Jack Flack, Rob O'Hara. Hey, man. Thanks for having me back. I'm changing my name to Bad Penny. You can't get rid of me. I just keep coming back. <laughs> good, good Penny. Good Penny. So, <laughs> fellas, uh, the topic this week messages from beyond the grave but when you hear that does anything pop into your head <laughs> clearly not well, 
it's uh it's 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 funny because the the topic you know the 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 topic itself always leads me to believe you know it, it makes me think about what are these people doing when they're not contacting you from beyond the grave <laughs> and are they just waiting around it is it's not the dumbest them? question i've ever heard what do what do they do for fun in the afterlife it, it's sort of like the uh, you know when you're playing the dungeon crawler and you run up against lizard king who's been waiting on the third level <laughs> in, in, in behind a locked door since time immemorial to to run up against you with a sword you know <laughs> interesting well but he bizarre i never thought about it but yeah i never thought about that for one second you know before we get too deep into this i want to touch base on a, uh, a uh, message i received uh late last week and it was before uh uh i noticed that after the show was over but i wanted to play it was a voicemail i got uh from our good friend alan and uh, i'm going to hush the music here if i may and we're going to listen to this this is a voicemail about his dreams are you guys ready here we go so i want to tell you a story about a dream that a friend of mine had when he was in college he told me about this dream and I'd say it's just about the most terrifying dream that I could imagine strange thing about this dream is that it starts with him waking up in his room so he wakes up in his room, it's early morning, it's still dark, and a man comes into the room, like a stranger, like an old man, he doesn't recognize him. And the old man says to him, you can't wake up, I've trapped you here. And you're going to stay here with me forever. So when he hears this, he's pretty shook up. Tries to wake up. He wakes up. He's in his room. Looks around. It's early morning. The guy comes in again looks at him and says I told you you can't wake up you're stuck here with me so by now he's getting pretty shook up he tries again he wakes up again he's sitting there just as he thinks he's okay the guy comes in again and says you can keep trying, but this isn't going to work. You're stuck here forever. And would you believe he went through this process five or six times? By the sixth time he woke up, he was in a cold sweat. But the guy didn't come back. He was back to the real world. But he was absolutely terrified and still convinced that this guy was going to come back. It took him quite a while to get over it. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed the story. Take it easy now. Wow, chilling stuff there from Alan. 
Uh, you may also know Alan is the same. This is the same Alan that worked on a Asteroids RX. <laughs> so, <laughs> on the ZX Spectrum. What'd you think of that one, fellas? Yeah, and that that delivery too. Boy, he needs to he, he needs to pursue a career in voiceover work. Yeah, that was great. He sounded real good, yeah. very well done. But that, what would you? I mean, what do you think about a story like that? Have you ever had anything like that happen to you, Rob? You know, first of all, isn't it? You know, we we depend on our minds every day. Like, I mean, we we think like our minds are what keep us sane, right? Like when you think about somebody who uh, suffers from mental illness or or. Uh, you know, has hallucinations or stuff. It's like something's not right with their brain. And so we depend on like being on the same team as our mind, which is where our dreams come from, you know? So have uh, a dream like that where your your brain is like just coming up with something horrifying and then you wake up and, and what are you gonna do? Like, you're not gonna, you know, beat up your own brain. Like there, <laughs> there's no revenge against that. I don't know, man. I, I did have um, uh, a recurring dream when I was a kid and it was all because um, this is a funny story. Uh, it, it was all because I tried to shove my my best friend out my window. Uh, <laughs> well, so uh, I want to hear this. I, a friend of mine came over, one of my best friends, uh, my buddy Andy, and we were jumping on my bed. And my bed was right next to my window, which was pretty high up. And as we were bouncing, I thought, I wonder what happened if he just went out that window. Like, I mean, I wasn't like a, you know. I wasn't psychotic, but I, you know, I was like 10. It seemed pretty funny. And uh, uh, so anyway, just, you know, as we were, I kind of just pretended to, you know, nudge him a little bit. And uh, he immediately fell backwards and it broke part of my window and it also bent the screen. And so we had to, and then I had to pretend like it was an accident, you know. Um, but I never after that point had a screen in my window, the whole rest the time when I was a kid so when I would open the window it would just be wide open uh to the outside and I started kind of developing this fear of somebody coming in through the window oh, and yeah. I would have these dreams at night where I would be laying in bed and kind of doze off and and have these dreams where I was still in my room and a guy's head would come up but like the top part of his head was missing like the skull was missing so I could see his brains or something and he would say, I told you to close your window. And then things would kind of move. I think this is around the time Poltergeist came out, too. Like, things are flying around my room, you oh, know? Man. And, uh, like, I had that dream. I mean, I must have had that dream 20 times. And then I would wake up and I would immediately, I mean, now you're torn, right? Do you check to make sure the window's closed? Like, you hope it is. But do you go towards the window where you just saw, you know, old headless Harry sticking his head up? So, <laughs> I don't know, man. But, but yeah, it's just funny how your brain, like, like gets in loops like that and, and uh, plays tricks on you. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, it's, I think that the, the head in the bedroom window thing is so prevalent because it combines the familiar and the unknown and uh, the, the scary all in one because there's no place that you feel more comfortable you know, ideally, than in your own room, in your own bed. But then when you suddenly introduce the unknown through, you know, a window or a closet or whatever, I think that that's why that sort of thing is so prevalent with people because all of a sudden you're taking something that's very familiar and you're introducing something, you know, totally unfamiliar. Right, you know, I mean, that's the scariest for me, uh, like watching horror movies. I'm not scared about, you know, alien guy coming because I'm pretty sure that's not going to happen to me. But... Uh, you know, then when you watch these things where it's just a normal family that all of a sudden gets terrorized, those things are, are horrifying because it is, it does play on that 
you know, you're in reality, you're in your safe, you're in your home. Those home invasion things are, are terrifying to me. You know, I think, Bo, you really nail it there. I never thought about it that way, about the familiar and the unknown. My number one fear when I was a kid, I saw uh, that Stephen King movie uh, where the vampire boy flies up at his at, at the at the kid's window. Uh, what was that called? Cemetery plot? No, Salem's Lot is what it was called. And man, I was scared the crap out of me. I was at my granny. She had she had HBO. You know, we didn't get that crap at my house. And so forever, even up to this point, that's something that's still like uh, in the back of my head, being scared that someone's going to tap on my window. You know, mm-hmm. and 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 one in, uh, creepy, creepy stuff. Um, with that said, we will focus our attention to the topic at hand uh, this week: messages uh, from beyond the grave. Uh, now, uh, to start us off here, I've got I have uh, received a uh, an email uh, from our good pal Barkbit. I'm going to read this real quick, and if you guys can tell me what you think here, I haven't, I haven't got to read this yet, so it's the first time I went through it. Barkbit writes, About 15 years ago, me and my to-be wife lost a close friend of ours. This was a sudden and sad affair that shook us both, so we had some relatives and friends over the following days that we vented and shared stories with. At the time, we were both quite upset and didn't reflect on what happened during these talks, but a few weeks later, when we were alone one night, we both mentioned the same thing. The lights over our kitchen table had started to flicker whenever the demise of our friend was mentioned. While we found this weird and a bit disturbing, we kind of disregarded it with a smile and jokingly said our friend was there, or sending a message of some sort. As we were having this discussion, we were on the couch in front of our brand new 32-inch widescreen CRT TV. This was a big beast of a thing, which frame was probably about 5 inches deep, and on top, We still had a few lit candles. We sat quietly for a while, looking at the dark screen, when suddenly we heard a screech. Clear as day, we both, in disbelief, saw one of the heavy glass candle holders slowly sliding across the TV's frame, only to fall down and shatter on the floor. We looked at each other and just nodded. This was no coincidence. Our friend was saying, Yep, I'm still with you. That was from BarkBit. Uh, I, I would not be as calm if I saw that. I don't think, fellas. What about you? <laughs> Whenever things start moving around the room um, unexpectedly, I think that's cause for alarm. Uh, <laughs> I would, I would probably vacate the premises and not come back until morning. That's that's freaky stuff. Did you... Well, that's when you start to question how good of friends were you. you know? <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs> have either one of you had an experience where you were uh, you think you may have been contacted by uh, uh, the dead in some way like that with, you know, or shortly after uh, a deceased person passed on? Anything like that ever happened? Um, I haven't, but I, when I was eighteen, one of my best friends died in a car wreck. He was he was eighteen too. Mm. And uh, at his funeral, his dad, who was a volunteer fire department, uh, uh, volunteer firefighter in Hurricane, said that his his son, my friend, um, actually um, came to him while he was at the firehouse, and um, he was just sitting in the in the office there, and he turned around, and there he was, and he he said that uh, he said his name is TJ. He said um, TJ said, you know, I'm fine, everything's okay. 
and then he just left and he said that was the only the only sort of contract that he had but I'll, that's always stuck with me because that's the only time somebody I've, I've actually known um, has, has appeared from beyond the grave. Luckily, I don't have too many friends that have passed on. So, Very creepy well, stuff. Yeah, we, you know, I talked to my wife a little bit after last week's episode about the uh, dreams and things. And uh, the one thing that she said, which ties into tonight's show, is that uh, her father passed away... Um, the year after she graduated high school. So she was a freshman in college and her dad passed away. And she told me, and she has told me this before, that she sometimes uh, has dreams about her dad, but not dreams about her dad, dreams where her dad visits her. And she said, she told me that the way that she can tell the difference uh, is that sometimes she will dream like she's hanging out with her dad and whenever she wakes up, she can smell him. And she said it's just a thing that she doesn't question. She just thinks, um, you know, that she's had that experience, that he shows up every now and then. And and in those dreams, it's never about them going somewhere. It's just about them sitting somewhere and talking and catching up, you know. And so um, I haven't had anything like that with dreams, but I do come to you tonight with a story that I want to tell you. I want to preface this by saying this is 100% true. I'm not pulling your leg not you know stretching the truth this is a a 100% true story which happened um uh seven years ago now so uh seven years ago uh, my favorite uncle my uncle joe passed away and he passed away a few days before my 40th birthday and we went to uh, he lived in chicago and um uh, you know, he was that type of uncle. Like he had this big house. He had a dedicated Three Stooges room, <laughs> just nice. Three Stooges collectibles. He had a, um, you know, just all this stuff like Chicago collectibles and stuff. And he was definitely a guy who was. Uh, I think it was probably a lot like me, to be honest with you. Like he would always uh, go up to the Legion with twenty bucks in his pocket and would go up there and get smashed and have to walk home because he drank so much and he would always come home with the 20 bucks like he couldn't buy himself a drink people always bought him drinks and and um he he was just a, a fun guy a lot of you know he had a lot of jobs that were uh, in the public so a lot of people knew him and stuff and so anyway we went up for the funeral and uh i ended up being a, a pallbearer on my 40th birthday for my uncle joe so that was definitely uh a birthday and a time and experience that I'll never forget all yeah, these that, things. That's a real bummer you know, there. Kind of, yeah, it all overlaps, you know, and, and having all your family come in and stuff. I mean, they had a wake and they had to extend it for two days because so many people from the city and stuff came. And it, it was uh, quite the event. So uh, anyway, you know, the, the little memorial sheets that you get you know, at the funeral, you know, we got one of those. And when we came home, my wife had a, a little frame that uh, was the perfect size for it and so she put it in this frame and put it in our laundry room and this was uh in the in the last house that i lived with and it was a relatively new house so it's not you know this ancient hundred year old house with creaking boards and stuff i mean this is a you know five or six year old house this is a you know a, a modern house and she put it in the laundry room and hung it right by the washer and dryer and just like the story you were just reading I would go in there and the lights would flicker. It was such a weird thing. And, and I'm the type of person that's predisposed not 
to really believe that there's something. I I would uh, be more apt to think that there's something going on with the wiring or the fluorescent light than, you know, that this picture of my Uncle Joe is making the lights flicker when I walk in. But it was kind of undeniable that it was happening. You know, we were walking, you'd go in there and then the lights would kind of flicker. And, and we this was a, um, our laundry room was in a, uh, off of a hallway that went between the garage and the main part of the house. So we always left that light on. So it wasn't like it was warming up, you know, or anything like that. Like the light bulb was always on and then, uh, and you could see it from other parts of the house. So it would be on and then you would walk in there and, you know, it would kind of flicker. And so at some point, I told my wife, I said, you got to move this photo. This thing's creeping me out. <laughs> like every time I go in here, I'm looking at this picture of my Uncle Joe. And she says, all right, well, where do you want me to move it? And I said, you know what? Why don't you ask Uncle Joe? <laughs> I said, you ask him. And then you put the picture wherever you want to put. So uh, in our bedroom, there were a set of uh, sunken in bookshelves. It was right next to my bed. And she literally, you know, took this picture and kind of walked around for a minute and said, I think that's where I want to put it. I want to put it by these shelves. I was, I went back in the living room and then I heard her say my name. She says, Rob, come in here. And I was like, like the way that she said it, it was a little bit of, um, maybe some fear, maybe some astonishment. Like, I don't, I don't really know, you know? And so I go in there. She's got the picture sitting on the bookshelf and she says, I want you to touch the bookshelf. And I said, okay, like, is it going to be hot or cold or something? And so I kind of touched it and she said, no, give it a push. And as I pushed the bookshelf, the bookshelf was on hinges and opened up into a hidden area in my house. I swear to you on all that holy, this is a true story. <laughs> the upstairs part of my house there was a big area underneath the stairs it was a staircase that you know went halfway up and then turned 180 degrees and went the other halfway and so what it looks like is that the former uh, owners the original owners of the house cut out a doorway and hung this shelf which was then stuck closed with magnets so you could put things on the shelf and and never know that it would move. But if you pushed it just hard enough, magnets disengaged and this thing opened up into this area. I mean, the area was large enough where, I mean, easily six adults could walk in there. And then there was another area underneath where the steps were, which is where we started storing our uh, Christmas tree. And we actually, we knew the realtor that had sold us the house and we asked her, did she know about it? And she said, no, she had no idea. Nobody had ever told her. So we'd been living in this house with this basically secret little mini, I mean, bigger than a walk-in closet, a large area that we had never discovered. And we never would have found that unless we had, my wife had put the picture of Uncle Joe on those shelves and dusted them off. So, you know, was Uncle Joe showing us where the hidden thing was or was it a series of coincidences? I... I don't really know. I can't tell you, but I can tell you that story is is 100% true. That by following a picture of my uncle Joe, we found a hidden room. In our house. <laughs> if there's ever been a message from beyond the grave, Uncle Joe was giving you some <laughs> extra footage to store your tree. I'm but, waiting for the lights to start flickering right now. What a what a tale. <laughs> <laughs>
Holy, so what do you think about that, Boat? Holy smokes. You know, one of, I know this isn't the dream episode, but uh, one of my recurring dreams as a child was always finding a hidden room in my basement. You know, I would walk down there and I would, I would push on one of the bricks because there was a brick wall down there and it would swing open and it would be tons and tons of video games. <laughs> it was a dream. But, uh, if there had been video games of that hidden thing, that would have been full circle. That would have been great. But I mean, it is, you know, I think it's one of the ultimate fantasies of home ownership. Well, I guess it could swing either way depending on what's in there. Is finding, you know, a secret area. I mean, there's got to be one in a thousand people that have found a full secret room yeah. in their house. Um, that's that's incredible. I that love it. That is. That's amazing. That's amazing. I will tell you that... Um, we looked at each other when it opened up, and I said, "You know what? We can use this for." And it was like a like a you know a bit in a comedy film. And at the exact same time, she said, "Put our suitcases here," and I said, "Sex dungeon." <laughs> <laughs> and boy, I should have waited a beat and waited to see what she said first, because I can tell you, for the next five years, that is exactly where we kept our suitcases. Where'd you <laughs> put your sex wrong. dungeon equipment? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Oh, I was gonna buy some. No. You know, you gotta, you gotta. Uh, once you get a new room, you have to, uh, you know, fill it with stuff. <laughs> that, but. that is quite a tale. Well, listen, everyone, what a tale. We're going to pop out for a brief commercial, and then we're going to start taking live calls. We've got some people here waiting patiently in the Discord chat room. If you would like to join us uh, here on Discord. We'd love to have you. The address is at the bottom of the screen. It's bit.ly forward slash conversations dash from dash the dash dark dash side. Come on in here. Hop in the room. And when it's your turn, we will have you raise your hand. And we'll bring you in to talk with myself and Jack Flack and John Boat of Karshaller. We'll be back in two minutes and two seconds. This is Conversations from the Dark Side. you are experiencing conversations from the dark side here in west virginia we've tested all of our activities for maximum family fun everything has been tested and retested to make sure your west virginia vacation will be the best your family has ever had so call today for more information and test out West Virginia for yourself. You are experiencing Conversations from the Dark Side. Alright, we are back. And again, the topic this week, Messages from Beyond the Grave. Again, we'd love you to join us. You have multiple avenues to come speak with us. You can call us even during the show on the automated voicemail line. Leave a voicemail. We'll play it on the air uh, if you're the shy type. You can also hop in our Discord chat and talk to us just like our next caller did. Uh, who are you and where are you from, sir? Uh, I am uh, one of the team speaker regulars, uh, Patrick. Oh, and, yes, Pat. Uh, How are I'm... you tonight? Doing well, sir. Doing well. I'm from the mountains of West Virginia. The, it's all the mountains, isn't it? Well, it's tw about 10 degrees colder up here than it is where you are, what, so I'm more mountain. What's the temperature out there, Pat? Uh, I think it's supposed to be 38 tonight. Very good. Very good. So, uh, what did you think of Flax, uh 
tale of his secret sex dungeon. <laughs> I, uh, I want to hear the next part of the story of what his wife thought after both of those things were said simultaneously. <laughs> so She's probably used to that from Flag. <laughs> probably know, I, so. Uh, um, I told her one time I teased her for a while. I wanted to buy a school bus to convert it, you know. And that, that was a, a long-running thing. And I finally mentioned it to her. I said, you know, I, I'm going to buy a school bus. And she said, you better hope it's comfortable to sleep in. And so <laughs> it took me a minute for that to sink in. But um, I got a feeling that, yeah, if I, had, if I had built a dungeon in this secret room, I would also be living in it. Yeah, make sure I had a comfortable bed. <laughs> uh, so, no, as somebody that's used to, you know, refinish and restore old houses, I've found tons of strange little rooms and stuff in places. You know, I'm sure they served a purpose at one point in time, but they just got walled up or covered up or whatever the case is. Most like root cellars and stuff, so they just weren't used anymore. Did you ever find anything cool or freaky in there? Uh, a pocket watch once, old newspapers from like right around the turn of the century to old deck of cards. Uh, just tons of strange little things. You just give them to the owners of the house, and you know, it, it is what it is. Now, uh, Pat, I've known you for quite a while, my friend. Yes. And I know that you have dabbled in all sorts of nefarium, including uh, Ouija <laughs> boards and uh, milling around in graveyards. Uh, what, what do you know, or what can you tell us about your experiences with messages from beyond the grave? Uh, well, the the one the story I have for you this evening is um, one that happened in my old house, the house I grew up in from the time I was, we moved there when I was probably less than one, and I moved out when I was 18, 19, something like that. Hmm. And uh, it was a doctor's office in the back and a funeral home in the front. And uh, so that's... That's where I grew up, and in fact, uh, someone who actually remembered it when it was a funeral home came over, and where, when I sat on the couch, where our TV was setting was exactly where they would set the caskets for the viewings. So, it's kind of like we had our TV room set up just like they did, so instead of viewing the TV, they were viewing bodies. That is that is no good. <laughs> so, you, the, the place you just stared... Did you ever notice any oddness when you were watching TV? I, I think that's what my wife got on me for earlier this evening. <clears throat> I was talking about the show. I was like, hey, tonight's um, tonight's the show. You know, it's Friday night show. We, we got we to gotta tune in uh, and listen. It's going to be cool. And I said, but I really don't know that I have anything for tonight. And she just, like, gave me that look like, you're an idiot. Which, I, I mean, I just know the look by now. Uh, <clears throat> you know, it's I get it so frequently. And I'm like, what do you mean? And she's just like, you're desensitized because you saw so much crap in that house that you don't think of it as being weird. <laughs> and I was kind of like, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. Because <clears throat> the story I have tonight is the first time she heard something in the house from beyond the grave. Okay. And it, it freaked her out completely. And I was like, meh, okay next you know <laughs> and she was not as happy uh, about it as uh, you know she took it a little more seriously we were sitting on the couch we were the only two in the house my parents were out of town 
and we were watching television. Or, I mean, I, I think we were probably making out, honestly, is what I think we were doing. But uh, she swears watching television. Because uh, you would do that when you're the only two people in the house. But anyway, um, we were expecting my sister to come by and drop some food off. Because she was going to be coming down, and I think we are going to have a party that weekend, and she was going to be bringing some, st some stuff down, so she was going to come down with some food. So I was listening for her, and um, we're sitting on the couch, and I hear my sister yell my name. And I'm like, oh, crap, I forgot to unlock the door. So I got up, ran out of the living room, ran down the hallway, through a couple other rooms, into the kitchen, ran to the back door to unlock it so she could bring the food in. Man, there was nobody there. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, <clears throat> obviously, she knew we were in the front of the house. So she just walked around to the front porch. So I'll look around, turn around, run back through the kitchen, and I meet my now wife, then girlfriend, in the hallway. And she's got this real disturbed look on her face. And uh, I'm like, what's up? And she's just like, that's not your sister. <laughs> and I'm like... Yeah, it is. She's at the front door. She's like, there's nobody at the front door. Because <laughs> she had just come from the front door area. And I was like, sure. And she's like, no, there's nobody here. And I'm like, well, hold on a second. So I walk back and looked. And sure enough, out in the out in the driveway in the garage, the, no, my sister's car wasn't there. Uh, and she goes, the voice wasn't coming from outside. The voice was coming from upstairs. And I'm like, oh, okay. Because uh, the stairs leading to the upstairs was right near the living room. So when I heard her yell, I couldn't tell where it was coming from exactly. So I ran into the uh, the kitchen, and then I heard her yell again. and sounded like the other side of the house. But my, my wife was standing in the hallway. She's like, the voice is coming from upstairs. And I'm like, oh, that must just be the nurse then, whoever the lady that, you know. There's a lady that wandered around the house every once in a while dressed in like a nurse's uniform or something. And. But I guess she just was yelling at me for some reason. I don't know what it was, you know. But anyway, that was the first time. I mean, that's not the first time I'd heard it, but that's the first time that Barb had been exposed to someone yelling one of our family members' names in the house, and you got to go track down who it is or where they're at or, you know. But I just got to the point where, you know, do, do I believe in the paranormal? I'm, I'm sure there's tons of stuff out there that we don't understand. I'll say that. And far be it for me to think that I have any more say in being here than they do. So, uh, <laughs> usually I just ended up being like, well, obviously they wanted my attention for something. So I'd stand there for a minute and be like, you got me. What do you want? And either you'd hear something else or you wouldn't. I'd be like, all right. And then I was going about my business, and that's kind of how I treated it after that. But some of my friends that I had over didn't take to my less than relaxed or nonchalant attitude about the voices. I like your so, philosophy there. Yeah, that. I got a question for you guys on the panel. Would it bother you to live in a place that used to be a funeral home? And I have a story about that real quick, but I want to hear what you guys have to say. Didn't bother me. I was gonna say they clearly didn't bother Pat. Right? Yeah, yeah. Pat's good. I think you know, you know, I was uh, I dated a girl uh, for a long time that is a ghost hunter and a paranormal uh, 
a, a, a folklorist and whatnot. And so I've been to many places with her that are supposed to be haunted and whatnot. And sometimes you go there and you don't get any act. And you just go in there just like any other place. Sometimes you get a weird feeling. And then there are very few times you go somewhere and it's, you get a real bad feeling. So I think my answer to the question would be if I could go in there and didn't feel weird, weirded out, I could probably, I would probably better pull it off. If I did feel weirded out, then probably not. So it'd be, I'd have to go there and check it out and spend a little time there before I could make a determination. I, I do think around our house it was treated so kind of nonchalantly. Like, I remember one night I had stayed out exceptionally late, or maybe it was a weekend worth of staying out late. And uh, <coughs> I can't remember, but my dad was watching TV in the living room. He was sitting in a chair, and I came in and laid down on the couch and just passed out cold you know on the couch and apparently i was snoring through football or something like that and uh he woke me up and we had some conversations just like you don't mind me laying here he said yeah but my god son you're out so cold i thought you should have been laying on the other side of the room which was the side our couch was on one side and where they used to view was on the other he said you know if I was uh, yeah about I, it, I, I thought you might have that's a great line on the other side you know and I was like, oh sorry <laughs> You know, but it was, you know, we didn't think, never thought anything of it exactly, you know. But, uh, you know, did I see a bunch of stuff? I didn't see a ton of stuff. I mean, I heard things. I mean, I like didn't see people. My my brother, oldest brother, used to say he always saw the the lady in the the the, the nurse's clothing because I guess back in the 30s and 40s nurses had that very specific look you know not so much now where it's just scrubs or whatever but they had the, the white pressed uniform and everything sure, yeah. um, said he saw her a couple of times walking around in the upstairs of the house and um, yeah you know, I don't know uh, the reason I bring it up is there is a, a, a pretty prominent uh funeral parlor in my uh, town that went out of business and then for a while it opened itself up as an event place and that's where my sister got married <laughs> and so we went there i mean inside it was like a church you know and there were pews and you sat down and uh you know how like there's a the, usually a separate area where the the bride gets ready and the bridesmaids and all that so nobody could see him or whatever and they were like oh there's a separate building and i'm like yeah that's where they used to cremate people <laughs> it's like the cremation <laughs> oh, building man. that no. they had done that but anyway i guess a lot of people didn't uh like going you know i mean I, they went out of business you know after a few years and uh it has since been repurchased and for the past 10 years it has been a daycare called peanut butter jelly time and uh, every part of that's wrong. I know. I just don't. Uh... <laughs> no, there's no right to that. Wow. I, and you know, my kids are older, that, but I always think about that. Like, I wonder if I would. I mean, how would I feel about sending my kids to a place that used to be uh, a funeral parlor? But and you know, I children. Mean, I just... If everyone's good today, we get to visit the crematorium again, yeah, right? <laughs> or maybe if you're good, if you won't have to visit it. Would yeah, be a better... we'll still make uh, peanut butter jelly for you. Yeah, it'd be a better way to put it. That is creepy stuff. Bo, uh, by the way, I didn't get to hear you talk. To, would you live in a in a funeral parlor? Boy, you know, I always think about places like 
the uh, the Sharon Tate house, you know, places where horrible stuff has happened mm-hmm. in the past. And you wonder, like, how long does it take? Well, like, you know, I went to what some consider to be the most haunted campus in the country, which is Ohio University. You might not know that, but it's true. And uh, there was a room in my dorm that I lived in my sophomore year that they actually boarded up after somebody killed themselves in there because nobody wanted to live in a room where you know somebody killed themselves. And you, you wonder how long does it take for the sort of uh, supernatural taint to, uh, to wear off? Um, and, or is it, you know, it, it's, I think I'd probably just have to knock the house down and start again from scratch is what I'm saying. No, really? No funeral parlor. Yeah, no good. But I mean, if you think about it, nothing really bad happened there. I mean, people sure they had funerals there. Whatever bad happened happened somewhere else. I guess I guess that's a good point. That's they a good brought point. them there. Now, granted, there's a, a lot of emotion, a lot of sadness associated with that, but that's by the living. Mm-hmm. You know. Yes. My wife and I are split so far on this issue. Uh, <laughs> I, I told her, I said, I could move into that place tomorrow and I could cook pizzas in that crematorium thing. It wouldn't bother me in the slightest. <laughs> and she wants no part of it. She does not want to go in. And I will tell you, uh, my buddy Andy, uh, who works for the local fire department, uh, is uh, if you ever go house shopping, don't go with somebody who works for the fire department because I've driven around town with him before and he will point out, oh, that's where that lady hung herself. Oh, you don't want that house. You don't, you know, oh, he knows yeah. everything that's, that's happened. Yeah. My grandfather was chief of police. He was like that too. Yeah. Like, see that yeah, house over yeah. there? I'm like, oh yeah, that's a real pretty. Yeah, lady blew a guy's head off in that one. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks. I mean, I was like 10 years old here. No stories. And now for me, I'm like, you know, put some spackle and some paint and, and I get a discount. I'm all about the cheap. <laughs> you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I think I, I'm, I think I'm kind of with Aaron on this one. I think it has to do with the feel of the place. I mean, we're, did strange things go on there? Sure. All the time. Did I ever feel malice or did ever feel that my life was somehow being threatened um no only by my siblings occasionally uh but never (laughs) you know but but never uh you know never by any other calls now if i'd have felt things like that eh, you know maybe i'd be adamantly opposed to it but you know i never never have but you and i aaron have been in some places where i wasn't necessarily particularly happy to be yeah i've been in a I've been in more than a, a few places like that. It's a funny thing about, you know, uh, uh, the topic messages from beyond the grave. It goes into a lot of different areas. And if one of the messages they send out is to is to make you feel creeped out whenever you're walking around or make you feel like you don't want to be there, then absolutely uh, they are getting through on some of these. Let's, uh, Pat, why don't you, you want to st- why don't you hang around to the next break here? We're going to take a quick, uh, quick time out. And then we'll come back. And another thing I want to broach with you fellas, since I've got you here, I want to talk a little bit about uh, messing around with the old Ouija board uh, when we get back. So hang out, everybody. We'll be back in Two Shakes of a Lamb's Tail. This is Conversations from the Dark Side. You are experiencing Conversations from the Dark Side.
you are experiencing. Conversations from the Dark Side. <laughs> All right, we are back. Uh, we've got uh, a three-man group here along with myself. We've got our good buddy, John Boat of Carshawler, our good pal, Jack Flack, and our fine caller, Patrick. I want to uh, mention to you guys once again that if you're interested in joining the gang here, feel free to pop on uh, on our Discord call line listed on the screen right there. You can also uh, email us at thedarkside at email.com. You can also leave us a text message or a call on our automated voicemail at 304-397-0810. Open anytime and ready to uh, take your three-minute or less voice message. Now, uh, when we left, guys, uh, we were just talking about places that creeped us out and, in general, where we think maybe the dead are, at bare minimum, making us uncomfortable. Uh, Flack, what were you saying about that when we left? Um, oh, that was two stories ago, Aaron. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, well, I think we were just saying that, uh, uh, you know, whether or not we would be bothered by, by living in those places or whatever, but... Um, uh, you know, it depends on how you feel spirits or something from the other world would connect to you. Is it from a place? Like, are they stuck in a, a place like a, you know, where something happened, like a, a house or something? Or uh, can you open that that channel of communication, which I think kind of brings us into uh, Ouija boards, you know, and, and I know different people uh, i know some people that are just deathly afraid you know what i mean of, of uh they won't mess with them they won't look at them now i had a uh, a friend my buddy jeff who i talk about all the time on my shows and my podcast uh came over to my house in nine, eighth or ninth grade somewhere around there and brought an a uh, a ouija board and all i knew about ouija boards was uh from the exorcist I think there's a Ouija board in there. And then from the movie, Witchboard, uh, and neither of those, like things don't go well, right? So they, <laughs> they, they, they <laughs> yeah. like it hasn't come with, you know, good tidings or whatever. And so, um, uh, you know, I knew that they were like these ancient boards that had been created uh, to facilitate communications with uh, spirits and people from the other world. And I asked him, I was like, did you, you know, get this for you, you inherit it from, you know, a relative or something. He said, no, nah, I got it at a Walmart. <laughs> and I, I always thought it was funny. It was a Ouija board made by Parker Brothers. Yeah. That's what he had. And so uh, that took a little bit of the mysticism away uh, uh, out of it, you know, from me. And uh, the two of us messed around with it. And either he was moving it or I was moving it. We took turns of moving it, you know. Uh, and then eventually we were like, oh, all right, let's let's both promise this time neither of us will move it. And then of course it didn't move, you know. So so we didn't have any luck with that with that uh, Ouija board. And I eventually, uh, once I was a little bit older and calling uh, PC based EBSs, so this would have been the early to the mid '90s. Uh, I gave it to a guy, and um, there were all these different BBSs. And of course, guys on BBSs were always talking about, um, you know how to hack things or how to blow things up or how to, you know, things like that. Right. But there was this one BBS, uh, that was all girls 
and Whoa. they had the cool it was five sysops and they were all girls all right and they would post all these crazy stories like they would post that they were having a bbs you know pillow fight and B- I mean, it was very different than than guy culture that kind of existed in the bbs world like they weren't worried about blowing stuff up you know they were just telling fun stories and all these tales and eventually they started this whole thread about how they had begun talking to spirits and uh there and, and like the spirit had a name and a backstory and all these crazy things and that they had started talking communicating to the spirit with an ouija board and they said that they had done all these things and so it was a quite extensive uh tale that they told i mean that went you know over several weeks about how this spirit and then how it was more and more uh you know becoming aggressive and they had to get rid of this ouija board because they they felt like they had opened some portal of communication you know and then towards the end of the story they were like we felt bad because this guy had given us loaned us this ouija board and I was like, hey, that's the guy I loaned my Ouija board. And then I realized that it was my Ouija board <laughs> that we're talking about, <laughs> and which was really Jeff's Ouija board. So I always found, I love this whole story where, you know, they had all these things and they were, uh, whether or not they were really convinced they were talking to ghosts, I don't really know. Um, but that it was the same Ouija board that I had owned and that it had been loaned out. So... Uh, and then, you know, I, I mentioned it to one of them one time and they said, well, it doesn't matter. It's not about who made it. It's not, you know, Parker Brothers isn't putting the spirits in there. It's it's a it's a tool, something that that facilitates that communication that opens that communication channel. And it doesn't matter if it's a toy or a, a real one or whatever. And I never really thought about it that way. But I did I did enjoy the fact that, you know, supposedly my Ouija board was used in this uh in this crazy tale, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm assuming you guys have been to a party or, you know, maybe when you were younger or something and seen people playing with Ouija boards. Have you ever had any quote-unquote success with that? Or Well, well the, I'll hop in here is... real quick. I'll, yeah, I'll jump in for you. But my, you know, I live with a guy named Big Head and Big Head had a philosophy <laughs> where you, yeah, his name was... His that sounds name was, like a story in and of itself. His name was Todd. But we. He, oh, okay. All right. I, I caught a big head cause of the band, and our other roommate caught him that because she thought he was arrogant. But anyway, it went. We, we loved Big Head. I caught uh, him Big but, Head because his head was larger than his body. Yeah, he was. A, he had a big head. But <laughs> Big Head had a philosophy on this where he he would he, he said they wouldn't work if you didn't make it yourself. And he actually made his own uh, Ouija board. I remember he actually. You remember that Pat? He actually sort of yes. singed it and stuff. I always thought that was kind of yes. cool. But uh, you know, I've I've uh, uh, I've had the Ouija out plenty of times. Uh, I mean, many times. Not and not just at parties, but like actually in places that were allegedly uh, uh, that were allegedly haunted. You know, uh, uh, among other times. And you know, when you say, "Did we have a success?" or uh, listen, I've seen that uh, the what's it called the Fouchette move all over that board uh, at an alarming rate. Uh, and sometimes it spells out stuff. Sometimes it says nonsense. Uh, I I personally have never moved it. I, that's my philosophy on this because I'm, I mean, I'm not intentionally anyway. Uh, but so you, you never know. One would assume that someone's screwing with you, right? But that's the whole point of the Ouija board. You mentioned it, Rob, when you played with it with your buddy. It didn't go anywhere. Well, no one did anything, you know. So it makes you wonder uh, if there's anything to it. Uh, but all that said, 
Uh, they are uh, central to a lot of ghost stories and movies and and uh, stuff, you know, paranormal ghost groups and stuff on TV. You see them using that stuff all the time, the, the old Ouija board. It is, you're right, when you look at something, I've got one sitting up here right beside me, actually, on the shelf. And it's on top of, like, you got Monopoly, you got uh, uh, Clue or whatever, <laughs> and they're all made by the same guy. So, I mean, I suppose technically you could take the clue board and get out the dice or something. Maybe you could use that to talk to the dead if it didn't matter. It, it is weird to use something you bought at Kmart to communicate with the dead. Uh, you, <laughs> it's all struck me as kind of strange. But I can't say. I've never been using one and all of a sudden, like, a, a portal opened or anything like that. Uh, Pat, I know you've used them a, a plenty. I've, in fact, me and Pat's wife have used the Ouija at a party yeah. one time. And we had some success. Uh, Pat, what you you've used it a few times over the years, I, and but it always kind of goes back to me is can you really, can you prove it, you know? Can you really guarantee that somebody's not moving it? Is there some sort of, you know? And 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 to me, I, I kind of go down the same road, you know. If a gypsy cut down a certain tree in the middle of the night on a full moon and you know burned these words into it, and you had a special crystal that was a center I mean, yeah, and it was made by a family of people who made them yeah, maybe it has power but you know when it's made by walmart you know I, I don't know i just i just i just have an issue with the mass production you know of that kind of stuff <clears throat> but uh you know it's far from me to say i mean I've, I've seen some strange things happen uh you always hear one of the biggest explanations about feeling creepy uh, when you're doing any sort of paranormal investigation as well, <clears throat> you have uh, an un, um, an electric current nearby. You have an ungrounded electric current, and that tends to mess with, with you know, the human uh, magnetic field that can cause all, make you feel like you're being watched. Make In you this feel state, like everyone's got that. Everyone in the whole state has an ungrounded electrical current in their house because well, most of the wiring well, was done before they invented the ground. They just put them in there. Yeah. So, but one of the most intense feelings I got, ever got of being watched or that there was somebody there that didn't want me there was out in the middle of a field one night and there was there was not an electric line or pole within eyesight of me and well it could have been buried not in this state (laughs) (laughs) sorry we haven't got that technology yet um you know so and certainly not way back then but you were with me and it was that night that we made that list of all those strange places my grandfather told me to go and uh we ended up being at um there was that cemetery Right across the street from the church, out near the lake. That narrows it down, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. that that. Well, I don't want to be too uber specific, but you know where you know where we're at. Yeah. And um, we were looking around at different places, and uh, um, we just got into this one little area, and it was almost nauseating. It was just, just, I mean, just the oppressive urge to just get out of there was ridiculous. And uh, it was all centered around one specific little area. And um, 
you know, come to find out when you do enough research on who all's in that area, it was an unsavory individual there. And, uh, but anywhere else we walked that night, we didn't have any problem in the world. And there was no electric lines there. There was no anything there. So, you know, I'd like for somebody to explain that one to me. And we didn't even know of the unsavory individual until after I did my research. So I definitely remember uh, that experience. That was a weird night, you know. You know, because you were like, "Let me get one more picture." I'm like, "Would you please take the yeah, picture?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I, <was>, I <laughs> want to be as far away from here as I can. But you know, Pat, yeah. You 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 mentioned an interesting thing, and I, I did want to comment on that when you were you were saying, you know, you did your research, and that's what I would want from uh, a, an Ouija board now. Like, you know, if, if I was sitting down with people. And you would be like, what is your name? You know, and then it says Jill. And I'd be like, no, I want first, middle, last. And you tell me when you were born and died. And I'm going to look it up on Google right now. And if, <laughs> if that's not accurate, then, or then somebody's moving this thing. <laughs> or my favorite one is uh, I would like to speak to somebody. Because if you can talk to anybody, you talk to anybody. I want to talk sure. to somebody from Finland. Right. I just imagine, you know. Because hundred billion people in line at a payphone in heaven or something, you know, like hold on, it's know. for you. <laughs> Get no, Abraham but, Lincoln up here. <laughs> but but I'm just saying though, if the Ouija board is speaking or spelling out a language that none of the people at the table know, it wins. Well, I'll, I'll, how I'll, would you know if it just started spelling? You'd have stuff to write out. the letters down and see if it spelled something. You know. If it's me and I'm using the Ouija and I want to make sure I'm I, I've got something cooking, what you do is once you establish contact, you go, let me speak to your manager, and then that way you're sure to get a big man, <laughs> the, the big man there in charge. You know, before we go to break here, I want to ask Boat real quick. Uh, Boat, I've got to ask you this: uh, Have you, John Boat of Karshar, have you ever tangled with the Ouija? Um, yeah, when I was younger, I tangled with the Ouija. Um, but these days, this is, this is, this is one of these things that I, I just don't want to do. Um, not because I think that it's fake. It's because I think it's real. I think that, uh, I think that there are ways to channel spirits and things like that. And, uh, you're, you're sometimes there's the possibility of opening doors that you might not want to open. Um, you know, I believe in stuff like demonic possession and stuff like that. I believe in the forces of evil that are uh, that that are beyond what we can uh, see and experience in in normal life. And I don't want to give those things uh, any opportunity to uh, to get a hold of me. So I, I stay away from that stuff. Hey, that's not the worst philosophy, uh, Boaster. I gotta say. Listen, we're gonna take our last break. And so if you are interested in popping on, leaving a message, or getting involved, this is the last break. We will be back after these short messages. You are experiencing Conversations from the Dark Side.
you are experiencing. Conversations from the Dark Side. All right, we are back with uh, the final segment here on Conversations from the Dark Side. One to touch before we get back to the panel here. We've had a few messages scroll by. Uh, my buddy Leroy is in the house tonight. He's mentioned several things uh, on here that I thought were particularly creepy because he jarred my memory on some of, some of this stuff. Uh, we had a good friend of ours named Rich who passed away. Gosh, it would have been probably 17, 18 years ago now. Gosh, or maybe less, maybe maybe 12. And uh, Rich was a real good friend of both of ours, and we took his death pretty hard. And we often would think we would he would communicate with us. Uh, we were chatting one time uh, up at my old house, uh, and uh, I had his picture on the man on the uh, on the entertainment center. And at one time, as we were talking about him, it, it fell off. That was pretty creepy. Uh, my I used to have these bead curtains, and occasionally we'd be chatting or something, and those things would just start shaking on their own, stuff like that. Pretty pretty creepy stuff uh, from back in the day. Uh, uh, I think. Uh, we can agree that if we perceive that the that the dead are speaking to us, it's super duper creepy. But can anyone would anyone say with certainty that the dead can speak to you, the living? Can any do, does any of y'all think that with one hundred percent certainty? I can't say it for certain just because it's never happened to me. You know, mm-hmm. uh, like I've never just had. I've never had someone tell me, and again, you know, this kind of goes back to uh, uh, with our things of dreams, like people will say, oh, I had a dream of someone and they told me something, but it's something that you must have already known, you know? So that for me, that's what, that would have to be the proof that I would need. I would need to get a message from someone who told me a fact that I know for a fact I don't know, and then look it up and then, and find that's true. And if that happens, uh, we're, I'm, Rob's going to be changing a lot of things in his life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that's a that's a great answer. What about you, Boat? What do you think? Um, yeah, I, I'm open to the possibility that uh, that people that have moved on to the next life can interact with people in this life. You know, I'm I'm Catholic, and there's all kinds of stories of uh, apparitions. In the church, you know, the the, the, the uh, Virgin Mary appearing at various times in history, um, various saints appearing as as, uh, as apparitions uh, to to guide people and help people. So I'm open to the possibility that it exists, um, but I have not experienced it myself. And Pat, um, you know, I, I come from the <clears throat> the theory that there's just I know I personally don't know enough and I don't think enough has been done. It's like the old analogy of taking a a spoonful of ocean water and looking at it and going, well, there's no sharks in my spoon. So obviously sharks don't exist. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, I think, you know, we haven't done, we just don't know enough about any of it, you know, about, energy and where it goes and how it works and effects. I mean, you know, I just, I think that, um, like I said, I've, I've always been, when I heard strange noises or voices in the house, I was always polite because I figured they had every right to, they were there before I was. So yeah. don't yeah, be rude. Yeah. 
No sense and in I'm, picking a fight with a ghost. That's what yeah. I said. And I've always and I've always just been that way. People are like, Well, you believe in that? Not saying I do, not saying I don't, but you know, I don't want to be on the losing side. So uh, <laughs> you know, we'll just <clears throat> we'll just kind of be polite and go along with everything and then we'll see from there. Yeah. Yeah, so. it, it, why? Why take a chance, right? Yeah, I. Uh, I'm not convinced yet. I. I mean, I like I said, I've been to, to, you know, some of the creepier places around. I mean, because, you know, because of Teresa and her and her investigations. I mean, I've never. I've always sort of been down the middle on that sort of thing. Have I had feelings that uh, were creepy? Yes. Have I seen things that I thought were pretty darn creepy? Yes. Uh, and would I like to believe they could do it? Yes, I think a lot of people would like to think that, because that gives you uh, that that uh, certainly gives you hope for uh, what you know beyond the veil, as it were. Uh, but I'm not 100 uh, percent convinced on it. Now, you know, we we touched on Ouija board, some other stuff. Has anyone had any experience or heard anything about uh, stuff like ghost writing? And I don't mean like having an author write your another guy's book. I mean like. Uh, you know, uh, seri- uh, print on the written page or on a wall or something like that. That was a thing. I remember seeing a lot of stuff back in the day on, like, That's Incredible and stuff. They'd always cover uh, these ghosts that were supposedly had written poetry or written books or written through someone. What's your opinion on that sort of thing? And for that matter, what do you think about a, a, a ghost communicating through a medium or a or a uh, someone they use as a mouthpiece, have you given any credence to that sort of thing? Start with you, Flack. Hmm. Well, you know, uh, uh, we were just talking in the chat about uh, Harry Houdini, who uh, was one of those people that I think is like me uh, that didn't wasn't a necessary. Well, I, I don't know that he was a non-believer, but he was trying to find someone who wasn't a charlatan. You know, someone who wasn't. Uh, because during that time, it was very popular to do these uh, seances and, and uh, um, that, you know, and he would expose them. He would show their tricks and he would show how they did these different things. You know, I one of the things uh, I find really distasteful are these people that, uh, you know, some of them are on reality TV. Some of them are, are associated with different things where uh, they will say, well, I will talk to your your uh, dead ones for you or i will you know you have a missing person case and i will try to tell you what happened and uh of course when it's not on the air all that stuff is for money you know they they charge for that and so um that like if i could talk to ghosts i wouldn't have a 1-900 number like i you know what i mean like i mean i think that's a service you should probably provide to people so (laughs) call me uh, now you could be like that right you know Right, three dollars a minute. You know, call me and I'll talk to whoever you want. So, um, <laughs> it's it's definitely like a lot of these the topics that we've covered on uh, other episodes of uh, of the show, which is the things that I wish they were. I will tell you one time. Uh, this is not not quite a, a medium, but uh, when I was in high school, my senior year, I went to a haunted house. So this was like a local thing for Halloween. I went to a haunted house and it was one of those big, you know, big to do's and they had all different kinds of things. And one of the things they had was a uh, fortune teller and someone who could, you know, read my palm and stare into this crystal ball, which I'm pretty sure had a light bulb in it, you know. Um, And she looked at, 
she uh, I was there with three friends and she one by one went all of us and then she looked at my hand and said uh, you have a very short lifeline and uh, it looks like you're not gonna live very long or that you should have died already oh, and I thought who the hell would say that to a 17 year old kid what is <laughs> like I just paid five dollars for this <laughs> you know? wow, like, can't you come up with something better but uh, maybe I'd been being a brat that night or something I don't remember but I always do remember that I can remember her telling me that so <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think if you can talk to ghosts and they and they tell you bad news, maybe you shouldn't pass it on. <laughs> That's good. Hey, listen, we just got an email in. If you if you indulge, I'm going to read this. In fact, uh, our, our our friend uh, Ben's six 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 sent this over. Hey, with a name like that, you never know. He writes, "Hey guys, I'm not sure if this counts, but it's something that I was told this very week, so I thought I'd share it." On Tuesday, I met my cousin Allison for the first time in 25 years. In their intervening years, her father, my uncle, had passed away. This is the story that she told me, which happened about 18 years ago. My uncle John had cancer and was in a hospice for the last few months of his life. In his heyday, he had run a removal company and a petrol station. That's a gas station. One of, the, one of his regular customers was Mr. Wiley, who became a well-known friend to the family. When John was in hospice, it turned out that Mr. Wiley was also a resident, having become ill while suffering from dementia. At least once a day, Mr. Wiley would walk into John's room and ask, Is that big John Young? To which my cousin would always answer, Yes, Mr. Wiley, he's not very well. Towards the end, of my, towards the end my cousin got into the habit of staying overnight with him. On this occasion, she had spent the night taking, uh, talking to him and singing songs. Around 6 a.m., a nurse came in and said that she should get some sleep. As Allison went to leave the nurse, the room, the nurse called her back and said her uncle's breathing had changed and maybe she should stay. So she did. A few minutes later, there was a commotion as the nurses rushed to another bed to care for a patient who was clearly in distress. At that time, my uncle passed. Allison knew that he had died, but could also see that the nurses were busy trying to save another patient. So she sat quietly until her uh, she sat quietly with her dad until things calmed down. During this time, Mr. Wiley appeared. Instead of doing his usual, "Is that Big John Young?" This time, he was insistent that he'd seen John leaving with a young woman. He was adamant. My cousin assured him that John had just passed. Late. Uh, late, my cousin went for a cigarette in the conservatory of the hospice. Uh, a man came into the conservatory who was clearly upset. My cousin asked if he was okay. He said his daughter had just died. They chatted for a while, and he told her that at the end, his daughter had kept saying, What's your name? Eventually, she said, Ah, your name is John. She died moments later. She was 20 years old. I'm not religious or spiritual in the slightest, but this made me think. So I count it as a message from beyond the grave. Yes, I guarantee you that's a message from beyond the grave. What do you guys make of that? Yeah, crazy story. Yeah. Yeah, I, I will tell yeah. you that the uh, biggest believer uh, of anybody I know in the afterlife and, the, and has uh, hundreds of stories, maybe hundreds of stories, is my sister-in-law who is a hospice nurse and has uh, seen and and heard people say all sorts of things when they're about to pass away so 
um, you know, and, and somebody who see is with so many people uh, at that exact moment when they pass from the living to the dead. So, yeah, it's a, there's a lot of uh, uh, people see a lot of strange things right at that moment. Hey, listen, thank you for sharing your story with us, uh, Ben. A very intriguing and thought-provoking tale. But it does leave you with a bit of comfort to think that uh, perhaps uh, Big John and this uh, young girl uh, had... Uh, walked arm in arm into uh oblivion into eternity to uh receive their uh reward and whatnot very nice very very lovely uh message um well fellas we're gonna run the horn real quick any final thoughts before we call it a night here what about you uh patty no i think i think some of the stuff we heard this evening was fantastic and uh and amazing and i think uh and I think a lot like me when my wife got on me for saying that I didn't have anything and she's like, no, you got so much stuff you don't think about it. <clears throat> I think we all have something. Everyone that didn't chime in tonight, you know, thinking they didn't have anything. I bet you do. Yeah. You know, it, it all shows up in different ways or different times or, you know, different things. But if you go back and then look back, you'll go there like that. Huh? Yeah, that was. You know, I did have an uncle that said this, or I had an aunt that, or a grandfather that, you know, you're always going to have something like that. So, no, I think it's all affected each of us more than, more than we think about sometimes. But uh, no, this has been a been a great episode. I really enjoyed this. Thank you. For Very good. Hey, thanks on. for hanging out with us, uh, Patty. Uh, Boat. Any final any final thoughts on this topic? Uh, yeah, I, I just think that. Uh, Whenever we talk about messages from beyond the grave or, or unexplained occurrences that involve us seeing people that aren't uh, aren't with us anymore, it does it does sort of make you think about um, all the things that we don't know, we don't understand, and uh, you know what out there exists beyond our our six senses. And uh, even if you're skeptical about the whole thing. Um, it still sort of opens up avenues in your own thinking that can profoundly affect the way you live your life. Very good. Very well said, Boat. Flack, any any final thoughts on this topic? You know, as we've been talking tonight, I was just thinking about some of the other topics that we've proposed and we've talked about. And, and like we said, oh, we might do a show like on Bigfoot. And I think Bigfoot's interesting, but if I go in the backyard... I'm not really afraid that Bigfoot's going to get me. You know what I mean? And, and, and it's the alien abductions. I think it's, I could talk and, and, and listen to stories about aliens and alien abductions, uh, you know, just all night long. But at the end of the day, when I go out at night at midnight in my backyard, I'm just not really afraid of, uh, you know, being abducted by aliens. And so I almost wanted to end by saying, you know, I hope that, that I do get contacted by a spirit tonight, I hope, but I don't really want to say that because yeah. there's just that little thing where he, it feels a little more real. It feels a little more like it's possible. You know, you know, most people don't have a story where they've actually seen something that they thought was Bigfoot or something, you know, but lots of people have stories where they feel like they have been contacted uh, from somebody who has passed away or or been told or warned or, or something like that. And there's uh, so many of those 
that it just feels like there might be something there. So <clears throat> I, that's uh, just one of those things I don't really feel like I want to tempt. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> the way I think of it when it comes to a message from Beyond the Grave, well, it's a sinister title, uh, cool guy title. But what are we talking about? We're talking about contact with the dead uh, and all that that entails. And it could be spooky and creepy, uh, or it could be sort of uh, gentle, like uh, Ben's story uh, with Big John. I would like to think it's more the latter. You know, I've got I've got really good dear friends that have passed on uh, way too early, and it is a comforting thought to think that they're around. Uh, you know, uh, and and kind of occasionally checking on me. You know, I told the story on Amigos once of how we. Uh, we we went and put my buddy's headstone over his unmarked grave because he at the time was passing he, they couldn't afford a headstone and ultimately that headstone was pulled and a nicer one was put in and I've got the headstone in my laundry room right now so I I feel which is goofy I'll grant you but I always keep hold of that because I like to think of my friend when I occasionally when I when I go in there or just think about it being in there and I hope. That there's a connection there, that he is still around. I, I'm I'm at ease with the possibility of having a spirit nearby, and uh, I would love to hear some direct message. And to tie this in with last week's show on dreams, I've dreamed about a lot of my passed away buddies many times, uh, and 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 many many times had conversations with them, knowing they were dead. And so there, I, it, there's some relief to it. So I guess if I can close the show with anything. Uh, a message from beyond the grave um, can't uh, can always be horrific or scary, but it's often I think could be a a nice thing, a comforting thing, and uh, you could look at it uh, either way, I suppose, uh, the creepy way or the fun way. With all that said, uh, we're going to uh, <clears throat> close the door on this edition of Conversations from the Dark Side. Uh, as you guys know, we are playing these on our channel. Uh, throughout October to celebrate Halloween. Next week's topic has already been determined, and next week's topic is just going to be a simple uh, uh, ghost stories. Uh, this this week broadcast uh, two days before Halloween, so pull out your, your best ghost story and uh, get with me uh, at one of our various uh, com uh, connection points. I love to hear them, and for that matter... We, we're going to use next week's as sort of a catch-all for something that you wanted to say about the previous topics that you didn't get in. Uh, feel free to send anything you want. Again, our uh, voicemail, automated voicemail is open 24-7, and you can always email. So at any point, feel free to send in a voicemail. We'd love to play it on the air. Uh, again, thanks to our friends uh, Pat and Boat and Rob Flack O'Hare for uh, helping me out tonight. Uh, and I hope you guys have a pleasant evening. And if you receive a message from the grave tonight, I hope it is a pleasant one. Have a good evening, everybody. It's been uh, fun for us. And we will catch you guys next week on Conversations from the Dark Side. You have just experienced Conversations from the Dark Side. Until next week, try to enjoy the daylight.